Hey guys, we're here with Coach Williams. This is an opportunity for us to uh, to get to know Coach. He's new to the Inside Texas family. I guess it's if you really think about it, Coach. This is kind of the two new guys talking to each other, getting a sense of of what's going on. But I wanted to first of all welcome you. I'm really glad that you're here. It's something I just said to you before I hit record. But as someone that's been reading that site for well over a decade, the stuff that you're bringing right now is really unique, really insightful. And frankly, it's it's not the type of stuff that we get the opportunity to read because right. of a unique experience that you're bringing to the table here. And I'd love to talk about that experience for a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, most definitely, man. What? Uh, right, I mean, but, so you and I talked about this briefly. Tell us, tell us what you're doing this time last year. Uh, so this time last year, I was at the AFCA convention, right, with all the other college coaches or those who want to be college coaches like myself. Uh, trying to mingle, pass out your resume, rub elbows with the right people so you can get an opportunity to coach at the next level. Yeah. Um, I was afforded that opportunity uh, with Coach Brandon Marion, who's a former Texas long-term receivers coach. Became the offensive coordinator at UNLV. You know, we had a great relationship with him. I had a great relationship with him going all the way back to his time at Howard. You know, he's recruited a ton of my kids. Uh, you know, when I was working in the high school here, area here in the DFW. So and that's really kind of where it starts, right? You build a relationship with these college coaches when they come around to your school. Uh, luckily enough for me, I had a bunch of talented kids that a lot of schools wanted. So that helped me, right? Um, yep. And so build a relationship from there. He had an opportunity for me. It's like, you want to come to Vegas? I'm like, man, that's far away from the family. You know, what? I'm going to take this shot because this is really what I want to do in my career, right? I want to grow. Mm. I want to coach at the next level. And so I took that, sacrificed that opportunity, and I went. And uh, I didn't get there until June, though. So I wasn't there during spring ball. Or I missed all of that. Uh, so I got there in actual uh, June of 2023. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I know I gave you a really hard time about that fountain coming at the top of your head because that's your daughter, your your wife's training area. You can yeah. lean forward, man. It's totally okay. All right, we're cool. Not, we're not going to judge you on it. You're, you're, <laughs> All right, great. cool. You it makes like I have like a, you know, a, we, we a hair piece or something now. back there. Yeah, it's okay. Totally work. Right. Don't worry about it. So you're going to UNLV. You've got this opportunity. Now you're going in as director of player personnel. Is that right? Um, so no. So on this side, I was in pretty much quality control. Oh, um, great. I assisted cool. with the tight ends and uh, tight end room, um, did recruiting. Uh, if you name it, I've probably done it right. this past season, right? Running scout team, drawing scout cards, putting together scouting reports, breaking down film, input on film on practice, and, you know, it's you know hey, everything you can imagine. Hey, the office needs donuts. Oh, right, hey, like, I'm going to go do that too, right? Like, you name it, I've done it. Um, and so, so, so walk, I mean, walk me through this a little bit. Cause look, you've got, you've got twin daughters. Mm -hmm. They're living in Dallas. Right. This is an opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. So you're heading out to Nevada and you are just literally doing everything under the sun for this team. Right. What is, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't fully appreciate when it comes to the college game is how much sacrifice is involved. Mm -hmm. Like how often, how often are you getting to see your family during the season? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I saw them twice during the season from the time I left in June and I saw them in a bye week at the end of October. Oh my um, gosh. So yeah, um, during the summer break, it's a little more relaxed, right? It's not as, it's not the 18 hour days like you do during, have during the season. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I came home for a week in uh, 4th of July. Uh, then I didn't get back here to Dallas till like October. And it wasn't even a full 24 hours. 
Oh my gosh. At, at the time, right? So I came home. I, I got home at like 1 a.m. and I was leaving at 8 8 p.m. the next day, the same that's day. A, God, it's such a quick turnaround. That's yeah. it's pretty phenomenal. Now, prior to now, you were just telling me about all these relationships that you were established when you were in the high school game. Mm-hmm. So what what was that life like? Now you were coaching at that time. Mm-hmm. Give us right. a little background about where you're coaching, what's going on with all of that. Yeah, so I was coaching at uh, John Paul II High School in Plano, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Fortunate enough to be on a great staff, a bunch of former NFL guys. One of them, George T, who was a former Cowboy uh, and a Crimson Tide player, which he reminds everybody of that every single day. Uh, <laughs> it was a ton of guys. Uh, Jonathan Scott, former Longhorn on National Championship team. Oh, he yeah. Was staff. Uh, Chet Brooks, who's the f- father of Terrence Brooks that plays for Texas now, the starting cornerback. So he was on that staff. So it was a host of guys, right? And being around them, really learned the game of football inside and out. Um, but through the years, I was a recruiting coordinator there. Even though I coached the defensive line, I was a recruiting coordinator there. So it was my job to put to put together like a prospect sheet, right? So when college, so yeah, as you know now, college coaches are out in the road visiting high schools. I put together like a, a presentation pretty much on an Excel form. So when they came, hey, you're able to see my kids. Here's their entire profile, 40 times grades, their huddle link. So when you get there, you don't have to ask questions. It's all laid out for you. Right. Uh, and like right. I said before, it was easy because I had a lot of talented kids. A lot of schools would come by and it made it easy to sell almost, sell the kid to the schools that would come by. So um, so that's what I did for five years there. And I think that's good. You're, I mean, one of the things we don't often see is that side of the recruiting, right? We we get all these reports from Justin. We understand who the players are. We get a sense of of where they're coming from, from a, a 30,000 you know, foot view of this mm-hmm. is the school. But as a school itself, as a program, can you talk us through a little bit about how you're prepping not only the kids, but those materials? Because obviously, you know, you're highly incentivized not only for the kids to get some programs, but it makes your program look really good and makes you as coaches look really good right. if you're developing those players and putting them at the next level. So what kind of what kind of attention are you putting to that? How does that work? Does it start their freshman year? I know I threw a lot at you just there, coach, but what, no, is, no, no. what, what does that stuff go look like? Yeah, so um, a ton of kids, they do have like the private private trainers. So if they receive, there was receiver trainers here. Uh, defensive back trainers, offensive lineman trainers, right? So I actually encourage those kids to actually go and get that one-on-one time, right? Because it, and during the season, I'm trying to teach you the playbook. Yeah, we may do things through individual drills, work on footwork, catching, but they have the trainers have more time to do detail work. And I'm all for it. I'm really good friends with a lot of the trainers in the DFW area, and it's like, please go get that extra work because it's only going to make you better, right? So because the goal is you want to send a kid to college ready day one and i know that sounds crazy like well freshman he's ready like you, the more you know the more you can do when you get there as a freshman the more likely is you're going to play right instead of sitting on the bench for two or three years because believe it or not college coaches don't really have the time to say hey i'm going to groom you for two or three years like like it used to be because right, right. i can just go to the transfer portal right and so really getting those kids ready on the field but also off the field like what getting their mentality right that's the hardest part because everybody loves you when they're recruiting you. But once you step foot on that campus, I don't care who you are. You know? Yeah. Okay, you're here. What are you going to do now? And so yeah. getting, those, getting those guys prepared mentally, uh, make sure they know the X's and O's, right? How do you study? How do you learn the playbook? Most right. kids jump from, you know, high school, it's a bunch of signals, you know, one word. Uh, you, have, you have to learn that stuff at the college level, but can you actually digest a playbook and put it together? Can you play more than one position? Can you be versatile? And I think that was something we did great at Jump Paul is, 
we coached them for everything, prepared them for everything. So when they got to the college level, I've seen this before. I've been prepared for this. It wasn't um, – and you gain that reputation from college coaches. Like, hey, man, we got your kid, and he came in ready. And that's that's the goal, right, because that's a compliment. But now they trust you. Yeah. I can go back and get a kid from him because I know what I'm getting out of him, out of his kids. And so you right. just build a relationship as you go, and um, that's pretty much that's pretty if, much it. If there's one or two things, and I and I understand there's way more than that, but that you could instill, if we've got a high school kid that's listening to this right now, or a parent mm-hmm. that's listening to this right now, and they've got a kid that might be on the cusp of being a prospect, <clears throat> what are one or two things from the mental game that they should really be focusing on to be day one ready? From the mental side, I would say you really have to get up with a purpose every single day that you're gonna try to better yourself, no matter what it is. If I'm trying to get stronger, I'm going to go in this weight room and during this athletic period and, and work my butt off, right? Uh, I'm going to put in extra sprints, right, to do conditioning. Like, you really have to push yourself to the limit and say, I'm going to be better than everybody else on this field. And, and you have to be at the next level because everybody's thinking the same way. So right. what are you going to do extra, right? Uh, when you're not getting that much playing time, you know, are you going to get down on yourself? Um, we used to put kids in, in situations, you know, put them in losing situations. Well, work, yep. your, way out, work your way out of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not only just football, it's the real world as well. Right. And so work your way out of that mentally. Can you do it? All right. You know, and, and I think you need to put put yourself in much pressure situations as you can, because when you get to the next level, it's it's a lot of pressure. All right. And and so that would say that out. try to outwork everyone. Always go to extra step, go to extra mile. Um, and from a physical standpoint, like. Oh, another I guess let me not say physical because we said mental. Um, you're all right. Learn, learn, the game, <laughs> learn the game of football. Yeah. Don't just learn your playbook, right? Because when you get to the next level, learn the pro. If you're a receiver, learn the, all the routes, right? Learn the routes. Go study it. Uh, you know, you got YouTube. You got everything else now, right? Go learn what a pro system looked like. Like, you, know, you got the common routes like a slant. You got a post, right? Do you know what a quick Omaha is, though? A post curl, a lift route, you know, it's like, like go learn the terminology. So when a coach is spitting at you at the next level, you know what it is. You can go out there with full speed and run it versus, okay, let me go line up. Okay. What route do I have? What route do I have? Yeah. You know, right. And so go prepare and go study, go study those things so that you can be ahead of the competition. Cause so many kids get by on athleticism only. Right. Yeah. They feel like I don't have to know the extra stuff. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Now I got a leg up on you. Cause I know that. So yeah, that was, I would say that. Well, that's great. Yeah. I, w- one of the things, and I know that we've said this, and I think I should let some of the folks know, because we do have some folks that are listening to this and or watching it on YouTube that aren't subscribers to Inside Texas. And if that's okay. the case, please take this opportunity. Go ahead and subscribe to InsideTexas.com. Coach Williams has been putting out, he's on part six already of this okay. amazing series. And we're going to talk about that okay. a little bit in detail here in a second. But check out InsideTexas.com. It is a dollar for the first month after that, if we can't earn your business, then we're not doing our job. It's a fantastic community and you get to get into the depth of the college game that coach Williams Williams is providing us right now. So let's talk about this series that you're doing a little bit, coach. Okay. You've broken it down. You've got six parts starting from off season conditioning for the players, installing mm-hmm. an offense, letting everybody know what the graduate assistants, the interns, everybody does. And then scouting reports. That's really been the last few series is really right. getting in depth mm-hmm. of the scouting reports. And I think the thing that the common fan just really doesn't understand 
Correct. is the depth of all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, we've we've heard some feedback on Inside Texas. You know, we'll have our, you know, our resident theor theory guy, Ian Boyd, go in there and post some stuff. And people in the comments are like, are we sure we should be letting the opponents know this? And like, Ian's right. like, we're fine. We're not even we're not even scratching the surface of the information that these guys have. So was that ever when you started getting into this and the depth of this, you know, I, I I'm obviously you and I both have relationships with people that have played the game at high levels. And, you know, I remember buddy of mine was offensive lineman at, at Notre Dame and he was telling me like he literally knew the other guy's favorite books, you know, the, the D tackle that he was lining up against, you know, each week, it was just nuts. The amount of information that these people have. So how does that, how does that start? You started in part three with the graduate assistants. You talked about your 18 hour days, but let's, if you could, if you could put that into terms of like the university of Texas, obviously you're coming at UNLV where there's, they're, you're wearing many, many hats. And exactly. at Texas, the resources are obviously very different. So they're, right. there's a, they're allowed to be a bit more specialized mm -hmm. in their tasks. So can you just walk us through a little bit of that? Obviously, you don't need to go into the detail you did in the uh, article because I hope people will subscribe and read that. But right. letting us know, how does that work? Who, who has what responsibility when we're breaking down an opponent? Yeah, so uh, it's broken down. So if you're on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive coordinator is going to pretty much divide who has what or as a room right a room and support staff you're like hey i want this role i want this part i want this part right you kind of split it up amongst yourselves right like hey i'm really i'm really good at this i'm gonna do this and so it really doesn't even have to come from the head coach it doesn't have to come from the offense coordinator or defense coordinator depending on what side of the ball you're on you can just divvy it up with who's ever in that room with you right and that support right. staff room and say you know you put it on the wall who wants what and then you kind of just go to work and put it all together right um so i would just since we're talking about scouting reports now, uh, which is going to get way more in detail because there's about 50 pages, right? We're only on yeah. page six so far. So <laughs> I did notice about, that. Yeah. We got a couple more to go, right? Um, yeah. So we have somebody responsible for finding out all the information from last year, right? Okay. It's simple, right? Get their last year's schedule, the scores of the games, things like that. Future opponents, of course, you're going to be on it if you're playing them. Your coaches' pages, somebody's responsible for that coach's page, right? So, like, you know, in Excel, you got tabs. Yep. You have that tab listed of whose tab it is to so go give it on there and without giving too much away because it's going to be you know in a part of the series yeah everybody has a tab and everybody works on it no matter what it is if that's dealing with what kind of coverages do they like to run on first down second down third down um how often do they blitz right and putting those percentages in and doing the math and doing the work and watching a ton a ton of film um but doing a coach's rep report right like that head coach where where has he coached who has he coached with? If there's somebody on, that he's coached with maybe five years ago, I might reach out to that person that he coached with five years ago so I can get right. some into detail, right? Intel. And so you do that with every single coach. So from the offensive side, we were looking at their defensive coaches because that's who we're facing. Mm -hmm. If you're on the defense side, you're probably find, you're finding all the offensive guys, all offensive coaches, you know, because that's their job. That's who they're facing for the week. So um, it's split up that way, right? You have one office full of offensive guys, defensive guys over here, and you're all doing the same work just on different sides of the ball. And so you really just find any and everything you can. If a coach took off two years to go work a regular job, where do you go work at? And what do you do in the two years? Right. You know, uh -huh. it's, it's, it's all of that. And you're, you're on Google, you're searching everywhere. You're searching LinkedIn, anything you can find. And when you're, so I think this is the thing that, I, that just the average fan really can't comprehend. I mean, you're, you're literally going through your phone book 
right. trying to call, find as much information as you can. And from a coach's perspective, I mean, because of the way the coaching trees work, it's completely conceivable that one guy is talking to both teams that are just happening to be playing on the next week, right? They're, they're calling about this guy and then they're calling mm -hmm. about that guy. How, so how much, and, and this may be an obvious answer, but how much are relationships a part of just the standard coaching procedure in this, in this level of, of football? It's huge. Relationships is what carries, I mean, it's the foundation of everything, honestly. Um, so the relationships are very, very key. And I wouldn't just say with coaches, with players. Right. If you're for fortunate enough to coach a kid and he happened to go to a university that played against another university, hey, what did your scout, what did you guys scout report look like versus them? And you kind of you get a chance to see what the, the other coaches from the other team thought, right? Because the, they give the players a scouting report at the end of the week. Well, mm -hmm. during the week, right? And it's like, okay, we got the same ideas. Great. This is what they thought about ABC player. And so you can kind of just match up what you see versus another person's another team's got a report right and so having a relationship is it's just key it helps you in so many so many ways right and how how is it i mean are they just is it just the nature of the beast so everybody's willing to to talk ball or is there any sense uh, of like propriety i may want to <laughs> hold something a little um, bit close um you're not at liberty to help somebody right, <laughs> right. You're not, but if you have a relationship with somebody uh, they really wants to help you. Maybe you know, they don't like the other guy as much. Here's your information. Here you go. Anything I can do to help you. It's just a small world, right? It is. I it's, mean, it's a small world. Yeah. You're going to run into these folks right. five, 10 years down the road. So it might as well be, might as well. It's to your advantage to help some folks out. What, right. what has been the, what is, was the thing that surprised you most when you transitioned from hmm. the high school game into into over at UNLB into the college game? Um, I would say just like normal family thing, the, the amount of work that goes into a one right. game on a Saturday. Yeah. Because right? what I did in high school was getting film, doing scouting. Okay, draw the scout cards. This is what we think we're going to do. But just the level of detail it takes to prepare for an opponent. Uh I hate to say this line, right? But because it comes from Tom Herman, but winning is hard. It yeah. takes a lot to yeah. prepare for a game on a Saturday up until kickoff. Every little second, minute, hour counts throughout the week, starting on Sunday till till kickoff, right? Right. And then during the game, you got a lot of adjustments. So the level of you don't. What's surprising is in high school, you can watch the game as a coach. You're watching it as at the college level. You watch it only specifically what you're supposed to watch. Right. It's like you, you don't notice the crowd. You don't notice anybody else. Only thing you're noticing is, like for me, I'm focused on tight ends. Mm -hmm. If I know the play call, I'm making sure they got the right blocks, the right reads, the right the right route. I'm not watching the game, so so to speak. I'm watching the game, but I'm not. You know, so it depends on what you're looking at. Um, everybody has their eyes set on a particular thing they're supposed to watch. So I would say that's different, right? Because you're thinking as a fan, you're trying to watch. Oh, great catch. I'm like, oh, he ran the wrong route. What was he doing? You know, yeah, yeah, so right. it, it's it's just those things. It's so much the detail, the level of detail, honestly, to, pl to play a game on a Saturday is probably the most surprising. And if you had to, because, you know, you there are certainly people in the um, in the Texas building that you're familiar with. What is the. Give us a sense of scale. Like, do we have a analyst that's just looking at tight ends do we have i mean what what level of detail if you can let 
the readers and the fans know, like, because I think, I think the big thing was Alabama, right? When Alabama started hiring all this, these analysts, it became a news story. And now it's just par for the course for programs with resources. Right. Um, so I would say this, even though you have the analysts, depending on, depending on your budget, right? You're going to have a number of analysts. Then you have your grad assistants. Usually that's two on offense, two on defense, but then you have so many interns and volunteers, like a lot of people sacrifice their time, little to no money to come help and try to get in the industry, right? So you have those guys as well, and they're all stuck in a different room in a different position room helping. I know if you look at a game on a Saturday, you see so many people on the sideline like, okay, who are all these people, right? They're all helping in some way. They're student assistants. They're, like I said, volunteers. They're interns. So you only probably had maybe two or three analysts per side on the on the, on the either side of the football that's helping, right? So it depends on what room they're in. Um, and that's what they're watching, right? It just so it really just depends. Um, I know we see Alabama get a lot of analysts, but usually they probably have six or seven. Okay. Honestly, it may seem like it's more uh, than that because they're always hiring a new analyst because somebody always gets a job and gets promoted. Um, but usually it's the, it's probably at the same at Texas, maybe three or four analysts each side, either side of the ball. But a lot of times they're mostly just interns and, and volunteers that's you know on the staff. Right. One thing that that I think you may be able to provide some really unique information on again, going back to the recruiting side is, and I, and your audience here again, is a kid. There's someone that's going through the process. Mm -hmm. What do they need to be thinking about and what do they need to know when they're talking to college coaches? I'll say, if you're going to talk to a college coach, uh, be prepared, right? When you introduce yourself, I always say this, when you DM a coach name, Right. Your your Twitter handle. Uh, put your GPA in there. If you got a copy of your transcripts, put that in there to show that, hey, I'm a cool I'm a full qualifier and then put your highlights in there. Right. And then if you got your stats, put your stats there. So when they get that, they're able to see they don't have to come back and ask you a question. They don't have to come back and say, OK, well, what was the GPA? Can you can you even get in school? Right. Because say you're not a kid on the offer board. OK. You may qualify as a preferred walk on. You may be ahead of another kid because you're able to provide all your information all in one, right? Introduce yourself with all of that when you when you send out your your highlight tape. Don't just send your highlight tape. You know, send everything that you have uh, to show that you're a full, complete player, student athlete. Um, but other than that, be consistent. Like you don't get an answer back, that's okay. Send it again. Like I would. It's okay. It's okay to bug the crap out of me. I would. I would do it. Right. Um, because. I know they get busy, as I know now, like on the other side of things, they're busy. They don't have the time to check the DMs all the time, right? Sure. Um, and there was a ton of them that I was just now getting to towards the end of the season. Like, oh, man, I didn't see this kid. Let me go back because now I got some downtime, right? And because you can't answer every single kid, right? But, you know, you just have to go back and hit the coach up again, hit him up again. I would say this, and this is very, very key. A lot of kids go after the position coach because that's who is seen on the field, everywhere. Don't send your film to them, film to them. Send your film to the GAs, the people in work in quality control, right? Because it's their job to gather film and position, send it to position coaches to look at. You send it to a position coach, he, he's not gonna look at it. It's, it's, it's very rare. Send it to the guys who has that specific, specific job to actually look at film. Right. That's key, because they're gonna look at it way faster than a position coach will. And that'll get get your film across uh, the coach position coach's desk way faster than you send it to a position coach. I would say that. 
That's really clever too, because then again, you're not the one that's introducing yourself. Mm-mm. The GA is introducing you. Right, so it's right. coming from a credible source in the eyes of that position coach. It's really right. clever. Because for that GA, sorry, because for that GA, it's his job to gain trust, right? To the position coach. Like, hey, I found some talent. Let me present it to you, right? So that's who you want to send your film to. Yeah. That, that's, I, I would say that's key. That's something I didn't even know until I got there. Right. So, so all right, let's let's switch switch gears a little bit now to Texas. Okay. All right. This is this is early days in your job here at Inside Texas, so we're not going to totally throw you uh, under the bus here. But <laughs> what are you most excited about with this program going into their inaugural SEC season? The culture that this team is bringing to the SEC, you know, I, I think they're not afraid of anything, but the togetherness that they have, it's going to be hard to break. And that's going to win a lot of games because they're not going to break. If I'm down 14 points, okay, we're still together. We're not going to be separate. We're not going to be saying it's your fault, finger pointing, all that. This team is like together. Coach Sarkeesian has built a strong culture with inside the program. And I'm ready to see that fully display on the field. And I think you will as you go, right? You have a lot of young talent, a lot of good young talent. And I think the more time, the more they play, the better they'll be. I think it just takes a lot of game reps. I know a lot of people look at, he was a four-star and five-star. He should be great. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of reps to get good, um, to know what you're actually seeing when you're playing, right? It's total different when live bullets are out there. No matter what you did in high school, yeah, it's big. The game is a lot of bigger people, and it's a lot faster than what it was in high school. So I would say give this team um, time to grow, which they are doing, right? And, and give the time for the coaches to grow, too, with the team, right? It's, it's a new team every season, no matter who's returning. Every season, it's its own season. So – Let's see how they gel uh, in the spring, um, offseason, and then come into fall camp. But I feel really good about the chances going into the SEC um, because we have we do have returning players. We've got players who played a lot of football. I think the game will slow down for them, and then they'll stay together. They'll fight through adverse situations. When you so from a coaching perspective, so you're you're going in and you're doing quality control. Mm-hmm. What does a head coach need to do? How do how does a head coach <laughs> start to establish that culture? What are the things that they bring in? And and then the, the follow-up question to that would be, what what are the types of things that, that Coach Sark is looking for in his staff? Yeah, I think he's going to bring somebody in. Uh, he's going to set the tone as far as mental toughness, physical toughness, right? They probably have a hard Tuesday, Wednesday, full padded practice, and we're going at it, right? That's going to be a culture. It's going to be a toughness. Um, the way your weight program is, right, that's going to help build toughness and mental toughness as well, physical and mental toughness as well. Um, so I think that sets the tone, but then putting them in situations, right? Like you're in practice. Okay, offense, you're down six. You got 30 seconds to get down the field. You put your team enough situations like that. I think he creates enough situational, uh, enough situations during practice that the team prepares. They're preparing without knowing they're preparing, right? And I think, I think that's what a head coach can do. I, I feel like that's what Coach Sarkeesian is doing. Um, you know, putting them putting them in just the hardest, toughest situations. I think Coach Sarkeesian been around enough great coaches um, to learn that. And I think one of the better coaches that I follow is Bill Belichick. That's sure. all he does. That's all he does is put his team in worst situations possible. Uh, yes. I don't know if you – it's a YouTube clip out there. He's like, hey, I don't want to hear about the situation. I don't hear any complaint about it. Just play them, right? Just play the situations. And I think that builds the toughness and the character of your team. So I think that's the head coach's job is to do that because they can't go out there and play for you, but they sure can instill 
the character, the toughness, and, and the grit in the team, right? Making them tough. Um, so I think that's it, um, honestly. And then same with position coaches. Like, you want somebody that can relay that message, right? Let's be tough. Let's fight through the hard time. I know you're hurting. I know you're sore. You know, I know <laughs> I know class is hard. I know you got a paper due. I know your girlfriend left you, but, yeah, you know, I know somebody's back home is sick. But you got to respond. You still got to play. You got a job to do. How do you handle that? And I think you get that at position coaches, and that gets passed down through the QCs and the GAs and right into the players. So um, I think the message may have changed. The tone of the message changes by the time you get down the ladder, right? Sure. But, right. you know, it's the same message. Yeah. Listen, Coach, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day yeah. to talk to us and allow us to get to know you a little bit better. We are – uh, very, very lucky to have you at InsideTexas.com. You're bringing, uh, like I said before, this is this is a level of um, of quality that, which is a very high standard at Inside Texas, and you are you are leveling us up over there. So we really, really appreciate it, and we're very, very lucky to have you. Man, I'm grateful for you bringing me onto the show. Hopefully, I can come back. Um, oh, dude. I can't wait. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe because I got some. I cannot wait to the season. I'm. I'm the scouting reports that you see now, I'm going to do week to week, every team we play, so that a fan knows what they're facing, right? It's it's one thing to say, okay, that's a good player, right? But I'm going to provide, provide details about the, whatever team we're facing so that you can see it way ahead of the game on Saturday, right? I'm going to show you what the team is doing week to week, day to day, to prepare for the game, how the playbook is installed, how they practice and what they're doing. Um, so I can't wait to provide those details throughout the season, game by game. I think it's going to be fun, and uh, like I said, I just can't wait. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, we're so lucky to have you. Thank you so very much. If you if you enjoyed this, please like and subscribe. There's so many more to come throughout the season. All our best to you. And thank you so much for watching. Take care and hook them.